Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You're now tuned, as I said, to Future Sense, and a great pleasure to welcome my co-host, Steve McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. Lovely to see you here, and we have some uh, wonderful other people here in the studio with us this morning. We do. We've got a special guest, Dr. Stephen Booth, here from Melbourne, who's been on the show a few times. Welcome, Steve. Good morning. And also Ashoka Houlihan from the Quantum Uplift Clinic here in Byron Bay. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Ashoka. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. And uh, we're here to talk today about the future of healing. Yeah, we'll talk about health, well-being, and how it relates to to shifting consciousness. And we might start by, uh, for those uh, people who might be listening live or uh, perhaps to the podcast later uh, and haven't heard you on the show before, uh, Steve Booth, would you like to just give a quick uh, intro of who you are and what your modalities have been over the years? Yeah, sure. So I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine. That's um, been my uh, uh, most uh, relevant and recent study. And before that, I was a transpersonal counselor and shiatsu therapist for a long time. I also practiced Tai Chi, Bagua and Qigong. And uh, meditation, long-time meditator. And um, Stephen and I are old kung fu buddies. We met through our, our kung fu school. Yeah, we did. Many years ago. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Awesome. And Ashoka, uh, tell us about what you do and, and a little bit about your clinic. Mm. Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, we've opened a clinic in the Byron Industrial Estate called Quantum Uplift. And Quantum Uplift would best be described as a cellular rejuvenation clinic and our focus there is we're not medical practitioners at the clinic but we use some of the most advanced uh, wellness technologies from around the world and our focus is on really um, the, um, the mantra if you want to be well heal, heal the cell <laughs> and so um, you know we have things in the th- in the clinic or technologies in the clinic that include uh, frequency uh, voltage uh, oxygen uh, red and near-infrared light therapy hydrogen therapy all things which focus on improving cellular function. And what we find is if we can get the cells working properly, then that has these positive flow-ons throughout the rest of the body. That's awesome, thank you. And we'll get you to talk a little bit uh, further about the different technologies that you use perhaps later on in the show, yeah. that, that's great. I'd, I'd like to start the conversation out just by talking about the kind of ailments or, or conditions that you're seeing presenting uh, in your clients at the moment and how that may be related to shifting consciousness in some way because uh, I think this is an area that really isn't being discussed very much and, and certainly the people that I talk to who are going through significant shifts in consciousness often have physical symptoms, you know, psychological symptoms and, and of course no one's talking about it. They don't know what it is, why it's happening and those sorts of things. So um, Steve, what, yeah. what's your uh, so experience? I, I guess as a result of the um, times that we're living, we're now exposed to a whole range of different things that we've never had before, including uh, chemistry and biochemistry, uh, different types of emissions, um, and especially um, the, the news out there is, is often confusing and conflicting and can cause a lot of worry and anxiety. So people are coming in with a lot of um, confusion and what's happening in the world and where am I and this um, perpetuating uh, fear and anxiety type of stuff. 
but also um, adapting to that and expressing uh, new experiences that people might be having that might be called a spiritual emergence type of process as well where there'll be things that they'll share that I've had these unusual experiences or this has happened to me and I haven't really been comfortable telling people about it because I think Mm. I'm going crazy and this kind of thing and that's again a reflection of opening to um, new sensory abilities um, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And we often talk on this show about how our sensory perception seems to be expanding as we move through, uh, you know, as we develop through these layers of consciousness and uh, various uh, layers, there are heart openings that occur, Mm -hmm. you know, just just a a general increase in sensory perception in terms of uh, particularly um, interaction with other people and, you know, what we can sense going Mm on in other people and about other people and sometimes uh, people report having difficulty trying to figure out whether something they're feeling in their body is actually their own or maybe they're picking up on something that's going on yeah. in yeah. someone else nearby that, or, um, yeah, yeah. increase in, in empathy and yes. so on as well yeah and sometimes um it helps to reframe that where people have that idea that they're helping someone by feeling their things for them where um yeah. No, I'll often flip that on people and say, oh, well, maybe that's a type of theft and they might need need that experience yeah. to go through what they're going and, and uh, maybe you don't need to take carry that on and um, just consider it as awareness. Yeah, yeah, mm. certainly, you know, in my experience in the psychedelic world, it's a very common thing that people report when they're doing group mm. work uh, in altered states is that often they'll pick up on someone else's uh, experience somehow mm. and, and often in the room there'll be shared themes too, mm. you know, and network-centric. Um, the often reported experience where people will feel like they're sort of carrying the weight of personal, but it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Do you have experience of that, Ashoka? Yeah, I I label that something in my own terms. I call it from pain to purpose. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so quite often waiting for us, which is the purpose, or I mm. guess what we're talking about is you know shifting into a higher state of consciousness yes. is associated with that purpose. So in my own experience, you know, I had um, I suffered from depression. And I went through seven years of depression and got diagnosed. And you know, the the doctors gave me some options. They said, "Well, we can give you drugs, or we can give you some um, counselling and things like that." And um, they just didn't resonate with me. And from there, I I went and saw an energy worker, and the energy worker did some energy work. And from that, I was guided to go and find these different technologies. And through that, was able to actually heal myself of depression. And through that. Uh, I didn't know it, but I've found my purpose. Yeah, right. And mm. so for seven mm. years of pain, and this is what I say to many people that come into the clinic, you know, you got to know you can come out the other side of this. And when you do come out the other side of it, there's often a gift that's waiting for you. And that is synonymous with a, an elevated state of consciousness as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can identify that because, you know, years ago I went through uh, a breakdown from post-traumatic stress disorder. And at the time, it was—it actually happened very soon after I discovered Claire Graves' work, and I, I was just starting to get my head around it. And I recognised when I was going through my breakdown that it was actually a transformation, you know. And I, and and that sort of gave me an understanding that it was was I was going somewhere. I wasn't going to be stuck in this, you know. And, and that made a huge difference, I think. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just if you don't listen to this show, you just tuned in. Claire W. Gray's work that Steve just alluded to there is the basis of much of what we talk about here. Not everything, but it's a it's a model that we we spend a lot of time on. And if you if you'd like to tune in more to that specifically, please tune into our podcasts, which you can do through most podcast platforms and certainly f- through our website, Future Sense. 
www.ipsc.it will give you those details in the future. But you can hear it's a very rich discussion that's going to happen here today. It's already started that way. If you'd like to join that discussion at any time, you can tune in on our text line. Drop us a text on 0437341904373 4119 comes up here on our screen here and we can respond to that anything you'd like to comment on or bring attention to also I'd like to say we've got uh, a couple of giveaways today um, I'll talk about the second one a bit later on today but uh, Ashoka has given us uh, a $100 voucher to quantum uplift his uh, his business out there that he's talking about in the industrial estate environment we'll give that away fairly soon don't call just yet but if you are a subscriber to BFM you know the drill double six eight oh seven triple nine we'll uh, I'll let you know when that is maybe in about 10 or 15 minutes you're tuned to future sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald engage emerge activate and spiral up Yes, you're tuned to BFM, and uh, you are on Future Sense at 9.23 this morning with Nick Jeans, myself, and Steve McDonald, and our special guests this morning, Dr. Stephen Booth and Ashoka Houlihan, who's uh, his business out in the uh, industrial set is called Quantum Uplift, and we'll uh, start to give away um, that $100 voucher. Thank you so much, Ashoka, for that very shortly. Yes. We're talking about health, well-being, and transformation, and uh, we were, uh, just before the break, talking about symptoms that may be related to shifting consciousness and um, Stephen I'm just curious to ask you whether there's any uh, particular treatment or angle that you're finding is is commonly needed um, around people who are clearly going through some sort of transformational process. Yeah so from my point of view the key thing seems to be internal alignment and what I mean by that specifically is you know, Ashoka was talking about uh, finding purpose on the other side uh, of pain. So this um, internal alignment can be, you know, we know what it's like when you're not in alignment. Your head and your heart want different things. You have an internal conflict. There's a battle going on. So shoring up that uh, those internal feelings and structures is really helpful. Having a sense of uh, what's me and what's not me in terms of sensitivity is also something that's really useful. And, you know, in Chinese medicine, we talk about um, three treasures, blood, Qi and Jing, um, and, and Shen, sorry. Um, so we need to uh, make sure there's enough nourishment and grounding so that we're, we're here having that human experience um, and and complete and, and whole. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm finding uh, that grounding seems to be a big issue. Mm. And um, I guess, um, yeah, we could probably go into to sidetracks about why that's the case, but, but often you know, I'll come across people who are going through a big transformation transformational process and mm-hmm. because they're often opening up to interdimensional yes. uh, awareness mm-hmm. there seems to be a, a, a f- the, the focus is removed from grounding to some extent and, and I often find that people need to just do yeah. some kind of grounding practice to, to be back in their body to, to reintegrate and, and align mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and, and that can also help make sense of those different um, experiences of different ways of being and uh, different realities to come back to just your senses and what's happening here right now in mm. this moment and um, yeah, to be present. Yeah, and it really is about being a bridge, isn't it, mm. between heaven and earth, as as they say in yeah, uh, that's Chinese the, the philosophy. Yeah, that's the Taoist way. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I guess 
Um, we've come through the scientific industrial era, which has been very materialistic, so very much focused on you know everyday life and and the the gross matter, the gross objects of mm-hmm. everyday life, and and then we're shifting and opening as we transition into the sixth layer of consciousness into these more esoteric aspects into um, mm. the collective unconscious, you know, as mm. Jung termed it, and those sorts of things. And, and I guess um, it, it pays to continue to pay attention to grounding and not leave it behind entirely. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that um, idea of paying attention is really important yeah. too. I mean, um, one of the features of a collapsing paradigm is to um, ignore stuff and keep going and push through. And yes. um, the types of uh, treatments are often around suppression or... Um, numbing things out or um, putting a band-aid on it or disconnecting mm. the warning lights as it were to so you can keep going keep operating <laughs> faster harder stronger all of that stuff um, which can work for a little while and is useful at times but you can't ignore that there's there's more going on than that and there might be a time when a collapse or a breakdown or a breakthrough is required to move on mm. it's interesting when you talk about grounding and uh, the, the current um, paradigm that we've been living in for such a long time because it, it occurred to me that we're, we're grounded we've been grounded in this paradigm in the material in the material things that we have and the external things in our reality and yet you know what's coming now is a sort of uh, how do we ground ourselves on an internal energetic level and, yeah. and physically with that to an integrated level with all aspects of our being rather than identifying out there and oh, I'm, I'm okay because I've got that there and I've, I've got my house and whatever I might have so there's a big change there I think in, in what we ground ourselves through Yeah, it is a big change, and it's true to say that when we go through the individually oriented layers of consciousness, like the scientific industrial paradigm has been, it's all about the outside world and how do we change the outside world to fit with us, Uh, and and of course that takes the attention off our inside world, Mm -hmm. but we come back to that when we go to the communal stages or layers of consciousness, and so the emerging paradigm, this relativistic, human-centric paradigm is, is very much about looking inwards again. Uh, and and I guess rebalancing is a huge theme mm. in the emerging paradigm, and uh, and uh, there is there seems to be an inevitability that we will go too far in that direction and leave the grounding behind mm. for some time. But then when we come into second tier consciousness, it's it's integrative, and so that's the time when we we put all the pieces together, mm. and and actually do truly bridge heaven and earth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And as you're saying too about um, about this layer. And the sense of overwhelm and too much and confusion sometimes, these are all kind of symptoms of what you're saying as we're sort of reorienting towards um, towards inwards more so, yeah. that actually that can also feel like it's too, there's too much outside and too much to deal with and I can't feel, find a place inside myself to, to, that centres me. Yeah. And that's really the sort of goal in some ways, isn't it, in this kind of healing, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Ashoka, um, your cell-centred approach, um, it, does grounding, is that something that, that comes to your attention in your work in your clinic? Um, not so much from the cell-centred approach, but what we really f- try and do is help people raise their level of consciousness, their level of frequency. But at the same time, what you're saying is very, very true because I think in today's day and age we're all or many of us are looking for this spiritual upliftment um but at the same time uh we need to be grounded yeah. whilst whilst we're doing that and so with uh, one of our technologies the uh the, the biocharger um it uses um some pulsed electromagnetic fields and 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 frequencies and um things like that and with 
grounding, um, the, the concept of being you know, connected to the earth. This is something the ancient and indigenous cultures have always known. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things we have at the clinic, it's a blending of modern technology with ancient wisdom. So, uh, yeah, we do have um, technologies there that facilitate that. But at the same time, uh, we always you know, respect the indigenous cultures that have always known. And that's what they need. Yeah, of need course. And, a, and I think an important part of this process and grounding is to try and take a, a mind, body, spirit approach, an integrated approach. So you, you're, um, you know, you're not just thinking about your wellness and, and addressing uh, things apart from the actual physical body, but also, you know, incorporating body movement. And of course, you've got uh, the, the oxygen therapy, which involves body movement, haven't you? And you're, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so with our super oxygen saturation therapy, uh, it does involve uh, some exercise, um, whether that be treadmill, bike, or even on a yoga ball and lifting some weights, whatever the body can do. The purpose of that exercise is to get some flow rate of blood happening. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we, uh, we're connected to a breathing mask and we breathe in 85% oxygen, which is four times more than normal room air. That's around about 21% oxygen. And we flood the cells with that oxygen. And the reason for that is our cells, inside our cells, we have these things called mitochondria. Mitochondria is what produces uh, ATP or um, life force. Uh, Chinese will call it qi or qi. Uh, the yogis will call it prana. Uh, it's all the same thing. And the way they produce that is our food gets broken down into electrons and electrons combine with oxygen in our mitochondria, which gives us more of this life force. So it's very hard for us to kind of show up in the world if we don't have that vitality. And if we're suffering from some level of chronic illness, it's really hard for us to move into that next level of consciousness because we're basically in survival mode. We're trying to just survive and get through our day. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the super oxygen saturation therapy works well with that. It also combines, we, we mix that up with some altitude contrast training. So we, we flood the body with oxygen and then we deprive it of oxygen, which is taps into this field called biohacking, where we're hacking our biology. Yeah. Uh, that creates certain physiological responses in the body for it to uh, want to take up oxygen more. And um, we switch that up between high and low oxygen, the result being uh, an increase in energy and uh, um, taking lactic acid out of the body and a whole host of other benefits. Yeah, but yeah, movement is a key part of it. Yes, increasing efficiency too, isn't it, with that oxygen deprivation? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, you've got yeah. a yin and yang approach. Yeah, so that's that's correct. Yeah. And so uh, when we deprive the body of oxygen, it makes our cardiovascular network dilate and expand. Mm. And so um, when we then switch it back on, we're very much ready to take that up. Yeah, right. ourselves. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about the life force and the ATP, which I understand uh, is short for adenosine triphosphate. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. I, I just Googled that one. We're, we're talking about it. it says here it's Thanks a complex Google. organic chemical that provides energy to drive many processes in living cells, for example, muscle contraction, nerve impulse propagation, etc. Mm. It's interesting just to note that in this transition from the modern scientific industrial paradigm to, to the emerging paradigm, you know, the, um, often one of the major, major symptoms is burnout. Because in the in the modern world, it's all about everything has to be harder and faster in order to be better or to succeed, right? And if you're not being successful, then you're not working hard enough or fast enough or long enough hours. And, and inevitably, people burn out, which has given rise to the whole concept of like the sea change or tree change where yeah. people have the corporate burnout and they've got to move to Byron Bay and... You know, not to mention super smoothies and things like that as well. Chill out, but um, but so so and of course we've got all these conditions which 
um, are associated with that, like chronic fatigue. Yeah, and the depression where it's, you know, de- depressed is deep breast is, is required. You know, uh, that's to, nice. To have that collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very, very, very cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. Bay FM 999, and this is Future Sense with Nick and Stephen, our special guest Ashoka and Stephen. Uh, it's 9.39 here. A couple of texts. First up, um, someone has written in and said, best way to ground is to walk barefoot on the earth. Surprising how many people walk on the beach in shoes. Thanks to Paul for that. Yeah, very, very good point. And um, just before I go to the second text, I should mention we're going to run this uh, this quantum uplift from Ashoka. Thank you. $100 value voucher for his business out there in the industrial estate. And um, Steve and I have been there a number of times, and it's fantastic. So I suggested that if you're interested in uh, if, in uh, winning this, Call us up, double six eight zero seven triple nine. Of course, you do have to be a subscriber to BFM, and if you're not, you can do that straight away as well. We really encourage you to do that. It's valuable because, for example, if you go and pay $70 now to be a subscriber and you win this, it's worth 100 bucks. so you're ahead already. So please do that. Now, the other text that we got in, thank you very much, was about um, – you mentioned hydrogen therapy before as part of your suite of, of, uh, of offerings out there, and um, this uh, this person has written in and said, I met a bloke who showed me hydrogen capsules to add to water. Can you ask how it is that water could need extra hydrogen? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Thanks for that. Um, water doesn't need extra hydrogen, but our bodies really, really um, need extra hydrogen. Reason being, you know, the humble hydrogen molecule, for a long time they thought you know, it really didn't do much. As it turns out, it's one of only four uh, elements that's present in every living organism, that being hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and carbon. Mm. And as it turns out, we are made of 75% hydrogen in terms of molecules. So um, the properties of hydrogen, molecular hydrogen, H2, um, when you add it to water, or in, in, which is called hydrogen-enriched water, or you can breathe it in as a gas, or you can bubble it into a bath, and you can mm. take it up transdermally. Um, hydrogen operates primarily in three ways. Its best quality is it's a selective antioxidant. And what that means is it only takes out bad free radicals. So the hydroxyl radical, OH uh, radical, free radical, which are naturally created just through uh, through respiration. Uh, it happens in our cells again within the mitochondria. Um, it's 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 a little bit ironic, but as we breathe, it slowly kills us because we create these free radicals, and those free radicals, which I should point out, not all free radicals are bad, and uh, and we need a certain balance of them. But the hydroxyl radical that damages the uh, the DNA in uh, in the cells and the hydroxyl radicals OH. So you combine that with hydrogen and it just converts it to water. So it's very, very good. Um, It takes inflammation out of the body. It's anti-aging. And in Japan, they're way ahead of uh, the rest of the world. They actually use it in um, their mainstream medical system. They use it in hospitals. Yeah, they're way ahead of the world in in Japan. And um, it's also a cell signaling molecule. So um, it helps from a cell signaling perspective as well. So the long and the short of it is, any which way you can get hydrogen into you, it's a good thing because its main property, uh, not its only property, it's a selective antioxidant, mm. which means it only takes out the bad things, mm. but it leaves the good free radicals. Just quickly on the 
that not all free radicals are bad. You just mm. expand on that just a little bit. Uh, so it's probably a little bit like the the debate that happened around skin cancer and sun. And they, you know, it, the, it was a very effective campaign that said, you know, slip, slop, slap, which I, I don't want to take anything away from that. Mm. But the, today you find everyone walking around being vitamin D deficient. You know, it was almost, uh, it was the pendulum swang too far. And so for a long time, the narrative's been antioxidants are bad for us. Yeah. The truth is our body needs, our, our body needs, um, sorry, um, free radicals, yeah. reactive oxygen species are bad for us. The truth is our body needs those um and it's all about creating homeostasis in the body. So when we've got homeostasis with uh, free radicals and, and reactive oxygen species, uh, combining with the antioxidants that our body naturally produces, like glutathione and things like that, everything works well. But when that, when that balance gets out of whack, that's when it creates damage in our cells. That's what causes us to age. Uh, that's what starts to break down some mitochondrial dysfunction and then that has these negative effects you know throughout the cells and the rest of the body mm. excellent you use the word swang i like that <laughs> <laughs> um steve is there a corresponding understanding in chinese medicine around uh, the, the concept of uh, antioxidants and that kind of thing um there would be uh, off the top of my head i can't think of one That's but right. uh, using uh, a, a efficiency of energy and, and those yep. kinds of things that absolutely applies yeah yeah, yeah okay interesting all right. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. That's that's good. We we started at the earlier on in the show. We sort of touched on um, the idea of uh, sickness and transformation, like you know, going through a what, what in a shamanic uh, sort of sense would be an initiatory sickness, which is mm -hmm. taking you into a process of transformation. And then, of course, um, you started to describe your own uh, healing process, which then. Uh, motivated you to heal other people which is the classic on a wounded healer yeah. story um and i guess you know in a sense even though we, we sort of categorize some people as, as doing shamanic work these days we're all uh, you know shamanic in some sense and particularly in these latter um it's a it's a particularly strong theme in the transition from first tier to second tier because we're out, we're opening up to this multi-dimensional uh, awareness and i think this is part of the reason why we're having a, another psychedelic uh, renaissance uh, revolution at the moment and uh, these psychedelic medicines are particularly good for bringing awareness to multidimensionality. Mm. Um, so so i imagine this is a, a relatively common theme out there that a lot of people are having this experience of of um, becoming sick perhaps not realizing that it's an initiatory sickness of some sort and that it's part of a transformational process and um St steve what's what's your um experience on on people you know coming to you who, who fit that kind of mold. I, I guess one of the things i see is um, people who have had a range of peak experiences of, of different kinds is that they're um have expanded their boundaries of, of what's potentially normal or what their experiences are so as a result of that they mm. um their normal day-to-day -day life becomes more stable after a while um so that um what they're experiencing on a day-to-day -day level is um is more in balance um the other thing that i get a lot of is um people that have been medicated whether it's um pain medications or antidepressants or things like lithium that um are numbing or buffering everything down to uh, create that same kind of uh, narrow range of experience rather than uh, something like psychedelics that will 
uh, create an expansion, and then your normal range seems more stable relative to that. So there's that, that different um, different approach. Yeah, I guess you could say that some of the uh, regular mainstream pharmaceuticals are, are almost blocking or slowing down the, yeah, the, the, absolutely. the experience of the transformative and then illness. One of the things that happens, though, is as people... Uh, take them for a long time, they become less effective or um, mm. they have increased uh, systemic effects or side effects. Yeah. Um, so they want to come off them and then that's often, often a very difficult process, which in itself is a uh, shamanic initiation. Uh, so you've got people like uh, Dr. Kel Kelly Brogan, MD, who's a psychiatrist in um, three different registrations in the US. She's got a book of mind of her own. It's an amazing book that describes uh, antidepressant withdrawal as a um, initiatory experience and um, yeah her work's amazing yeah yeah and um, Ashoka I imagine like I've, I've been to your clinic and I've tried the different modalities that you have there I imagine that occasionally somebody might have a transformative experience during one of the treatments um, the transformative experience is usually it, it, it's not like this blinding flash it, uh, of something that happens it's more of a slow and steady thing where it typically goes something like this. A typical pattern we see is people come in, they're, you know, they're feeling suboptimal, uh, to put it mildly. And uh, just through cellular rejuvenation, they start feeling better and better and better. And then it, it creates what I call a, um, an upward spiral. And that upward spiral that then motivates them to go and do other things like change their diet or, mm -hmm. or start doing exercise or something else. And, and this upward spiral, I think, also corresponds with an uplift in consciousness. Yes. It, it's the beginning of that process. Yeah. And, you know, really what our goal uh, at the clinic there is, one, to not only do that here in Australia but around the world, is to create these clinics where, where people can come in suboptimal and they you know over a period of time it's not a one-shot deal but over a period of time you know maybe a couple of months they they find themselves in in a complete new um uh, reality mm -hmm. and and so we've had a client that came in with uh, you know an autoimmune um, um dis disorder and uh, after three months um i could show you the photo this person looks completely different and uh the before and after and th through that time she went on to start her own business uh, to create a, new, a whole new business you know her whole income went up but more importantly she just felt better within herself and you know she was looking better within herself and and yeah she just elevated because it literally means the way you're talking that slow and steady approach because we're talking about two things here which are both maybe the comments from all of you about that the peak experience experience which can happen in a variety of ways it can just happen to you or it might happen in meditation or a psychedelic experience for example but also that slow and steady approach that you're that you're talking about so i guess for some people one or the other or perhaps both is valuable at different times that um but also um oh, i've lost my point now but so we'll comment on that one first. yeah I, i'll just jump in there and say uh, what you're really talking about is the difference between evolutionary change and revolutionary change yeah. and evolutionary change it means uh, some people call it minor change um but it's small steps to you know across the the bridge to to something new and revolutionary change is when you kind of bust through a barrier that's been holding you back and so you have this sudden increase you know mm. in, in the quality of experience mm. um but but essentially you're just talking about the change process happening in, in yes. at different rates different ways yeah and that's what i was going to say too is in that slow and steady change that example you gave there is it also the case that uh, the people's lives and their connections with other people change and maybe the people who come and go from their lives shift too. their whole perspective occurs uh, in a different way so they find themselves in a different 
community even. So do you see that happening? Uh, very much so mm. from the perspective that once we start to um, raise our frequency, we, we attract more things into our field. And this is the quantum field. The, the, the reality is we, we are all connected. We're all part of this one quantum field. And as we raise our frequency and vibration, it's as if we give the antenna that we have to download information from the quantum field or, or download experiences or people becomes boosted. And uh, you know Tesla was uh, a famous uh, famous quote of Tesla. He said, "I'm not smarter than anybody else. I've just got a better antenna." And he would download information from the quantum field, which is where all information resides, way before the technology ever existed for it to be built. And then he'd go and create the technology to bring that into mm -hmm. you know into reality. So uh, the more we increase our frequency, the more we increase our vibration, the more we attract into our lives, the bigger our field or the bigger portion of the quantum field we start to experience. And, and your biocharger machine is actually a Tesla coil, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so the biocharger has uh, a number of different technologies in it. it. It does have a Tesla coil in it, so it's definitely some uh, Tesla technology. Uh, it also has a uh, multi-wave oscillator. Uh, this is the work of Dr. George Lakowski. He um, he had a very um, novel approach to uh, cellular health, and he said that um, through the concept of resonance, he said that all everything has a natural resonance, which is true. Everything does have a natural resonance. Our cells have a natural resonance. So, and a heart cell has a different resonant frequency to a lung cell, to a kidney cell, and when we have disease in the body some of those cells start to oscillate or vibrate at a different resonant frequency to the healthy cells. But if you hit them with the right resonant frequencies, which is what the biocharger does, if you hit them with the right resonant frequencies, a bit like someone singing out of tune in a choir, if you, if the choir can bring them back into tune. So if you hit those cells that are vibrating or oscillating out of tune with the right resonant frequencies, it brings them back into harmony with the, with the body. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Well, I, I expect in the second half of the show we'll probably come back and talk a lot about resonance, frequency, and vibration. I think was kind of what we're talking about overall in some in some sense. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia, at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.